Welcome to our fourth episode of Queen's Grid. It's Tuesday, May 19th. Today we want to open up with a quote from the Dalai Lama. Judge your success by what you had to give up in order to get it. Con Boogie. You're a musician, producer, photographer, and a graphic designer. You're the nerdy yet artsy kid born in Jackson Heights who later moved to Corona, Queens. Welcome to our podcast. Uh, you're... <laughs> what's, what's good, fellow Queens Except, children? Except Shun, Shun doesn't count. He's like a adopted wow. Queens child. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Damn, that's fucked up. How long, how long have you lived that's in Queens? Is. How long have you lived in Queens? Uh, like four years now. Oh, you're like right at the cusp. Yeah, see? <laughs> Nearly there. Yeah, one more year and you could rap. Cool. Yeah. I know my Do shit. I get like a jacket or something? Nah, not really. <laughs> you got a plaque. Oh, yes. <laughs> Ooh, we'll get you like a T-Bird jacket. <laughs> you get a discount at the Halal truck. <laughs> oh. The one on Queens Boulevard in front of Queen Center Mall. Where? I didn't know it could get any cheaper. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So first, um, I always like to look into the mind of an artist before we get into anything. Um, If we could unlock the mind of young Khan, what would be the inspiration that leads you to who you are and where you are today? Holy shit. What a deep first question. We're doing deep shit today, okay? No pressure. Uh, okay. Well, everything that I currently do now in my life has, I guess, come from a place of necessity. So it's not like I had this affinity for learning graphic design or wanting to be an audio engineer or get into production. Even though I loved music and I loved writing, you know, I don't think it was my my main objective was to let me learn all this shit and be good at it. It was just kind of like, at first when you start out, nobody really wants to fuck with you because you know, you you suck in the beginning. And then after that, you realize you're an artist and you're fucking broke, so you can't pay for any of those things. So I feel like where I am today is because of the struggle. The struggle has pushed me forward into areas where I probably would have never gone naturally. So when you work on your music, do you envision anything specifically? Like, do you go somewhere mentally? Like, for example, do you see colors, a place, the the specific scenarios play out in your head, anything like that? Hmm. To me, I, I'm I kind of wait for that feeling. It's different for diff- for you know different artists of different disciplines. Uh, you know, a painter might see a color that's like, oh shit, I have to use this. It's inspiring me. To me, it's kind of the music or a situation that kind of I get like like a spidey sense. It's almost like you have to do something with this immediately. And I believe that's where most of my inspiration comes from. And then I'm kind of one of those people that if I start, I have to finish. So it's like once the idea begins and once I get the inspiration, it kind of just snowballs out of control and I'm and I'm completely obsessed with it until it's finished. So regarding your inspirations, would you say that there's maybe like a certain artist or song that kind of was like that light bulb moment that kind of got you into music? 
There was a couple. Um, I think growing up, the the funny thing for me is like I never thought that I could be the artist. So it's like all the way to like I want to say maybe freshman year of high school, end of junior high school. It was more like just a fun thing to do. My cousin was a DJ. So he would just kind of get a kick out of like making me freestyle. And then that just became a thing with, you know, friends of mine. We would just get together and kind of just, you know, fuck around and rap and do stuff like that. And then I had a friend of mine um, in high school and junior high school that he was like, yo, man, we should try to like write and record. And that's kind of like how it it manifested for me. It was like once it became like a, a real thing, you know, then it was like there was certain artists at the time that like really spoke to me and I was like, oh, I would love to make music like this, you know, and that was, mm-hmm. I don't know, coming up, it was it was very much Queens oriented. So I listened to a lot of Nas, a lot of Mob Deep, Cormega, you know, like very, very Queens rooted. And then in high school, I got very into, I don't know if you guys remember, I don't know how old you guys are, but there was like the ruckus era which was like Mostef, Talib Kweli, Farrah mm-hmm. Monch. Mm-hmm. Like all those guys kind of showed me that I didn't have to be a thug. Like I could be like this smart kid who can actually write and make music. And I didn't have to like be a drug dealer. I didn't have to be a thug. Yeah. You know, I didn't have to be any of those things in order to make dope music. And I think that's where it, that's where it changed for me. Because before that, you listen to Nas, you listen to people like, you know, Cormega, Mob Deep. You know, maybe they live that lifestyle, maybe they don't, but it was very much mm-hmm. centered in the fucking thuggery, you know? Yeah, it was Right, different. so around that age, I was talking about a lot of shit that I wasn't doing, you know? But then when I was yeah. exposed to, like, someone like Most Def, who was, like, singing, and then later on, going into rock music, like, his range was so crazy that it, it allowed me to kind of be like, I don't have to take this lane. I can go this way and be totally accepted for for being this oddball in-between person. Pretty good way to put it, actually. A little yeah. black star never hurt nobody. Since everyone has a different way of creating, which comes first? Is it feeling in music or feeling in lyrics? Hmm. <clears throat> I think it's happened for me every one of those ways. I've had moments where the music, you know, would hit me in a certain place. Um, I've had moments where I've woken up from the middle of a dream with a melody, you know, and it started with lyrics. <laughs> yeah, really, really odd shit that happens. I think the more like you surrender your life to your discipline, the more you have those mm-hmm. weird moments that in between sleep and awake, where just like these like sparks and ideas come to you. Yeah, and I have like weird, like, I have random voice notes in my phone that like or just, just me humming a melody and I won't remember that I recorded it because I did it like in the middle of the night. And then I'll go back, I'll find what key it's in and then I'll build around the melody and then I'll write words to it. So it's kind of odd sometimes Like I'll work however the, however the message comes to me. The universe is weird like that, I feel like. Sometimes I'll hear music in my mind that I'm not capable of creating because I'm not technically quote unquote a musician. So it's like I'll hear like full string parts and guitar parts and piano parts and and even vocal harmonies. But if you tell me like to sit in front of a piano or pick up a violin or any of those things, I won't physically be able to do it, but I hear it in my head. And it's like the oddest thing. I've experienced that. 
I think Barbara too, like you have moments where you envision something like, and we want to put it down on paper or like canvas mm -hmm. or whatever it is. And it's like, I can't, but I can yeah. visually see it. And like, I can touch it within my mind, but I can't put it out there. Exactly. It's almost like a yeah, sick joke by the universe. Yeah. It's almost mm -hmm. like, it's like your mind is playing Right. It's you. almost like forcing you, like you could be this dope if you really applied yourself to like, I think it's it's a matter of like how do I unlock it or when will I unlock it and tap into yeah. it. You released your album Spaceship <laughs> in 2016, right? Mm -hmm. And then recently you released your EP A Pretty Good Life. Um, that's a big gap between both albums. Um, can you tell us a little bit about the time between both and like why you gave it that amount of time between both? Uh, I was in jail. No. Um, <laughs> it's <laughs> <Nah. laughs> doing hard time should happen nah, uh, <laughs> um yeah i mean so much life happened in between i think it was one of those moments that it was like a perfect storm i was in like a super like adult relationship um you know that kind of fizzled out in between there um i had my fucking i already had like this I don't I don't know what to call it really but like I guess this disenchantment with the underground scene and just everything that was happening so I was kind of detaching myself already from the quote unquote hip hop scene here in New York and then you know getting out of that relationship and it was just like you know my 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 business started to pick up so it's like for people who don't know I the the I supply those services to other artists photography so it was just this moment of like I put down the scene. I didn't stop making music, but I put down the scene. I put down this relationship and then my business picked up. So it was like all these things and then relearning myself of just who I was as a man, who I was as an artist, who I was as a businessman. Like, so in between that gap, I never stopped creating. It was just kind of figuring out how to exist in this, you know, in my skin again. And then, you know, but, yeah, like I have, like I have a, like I put out an EP. I have a whole full length album ready to go, plus like maybe like 10 more miscellaneous songs. So it's like I've been working in that stretch of time. I just didn't put anything out because I was still trying to figure myself out and where I stood, you know, in the ethos of hip hop and, you know, me being who I am. Okay, well, while we're talking about your music, I know you're currently working on an album called mm -hmm. Animus. And I was curious what the writing process like on that has been like and when we might expect to see it drop. Well, right now, right now it's tough because for Animus, I have an executive producer, which is my, my good friend and my brother, um, Somatic. And we've known each other for years now. So he's been kind of taking an active role and just like working on the music with me. Um, and since this whole quarantine thing has happened, he, his wife just gave birth not so long ago. So it's been like a lot of pretty substantial roadblocks to get us together to kind of finish mm -hmm. a lot of the content that needs to be finished. Um, but I, I, would, I would love to say in the next two months, you know, that's me being hopeful because I feel like it's time and the people need to hear this music because to me the EP was just like these are songs that are good they're just they don't necessarily fit the album so 
animus is like almost like chronologically what has happened to me in the gap between spaceships and animus that time is all like everything that i've gone through song by song is just a different experience um yeah and that's been the creative process between that it's kind of like cherry picking the songs that really speak to that time and me growing like there's like a pretty substantial growth of like where my mind was when I started working on it to where I am now and it's like it's yeah. almost I wouldn't I don't want to use the word like adolescent but it's almost immature like the way it starts and then it kind of it mm-hmm. grows and it becomes it takes like this very mature turn like somewhere in the middle of the project and then the end is like this very like grown man hip hop version of where I am now in life so it's interesting like that project in itself of you know it's literally my growth in music in one project and the cool thing about it is um I've completely abandoned like giving a fuck about you know and that's what I was saying before about leaving kind of the hip hop scene was just because all the expectations and people expect you to be a certain way and to rap about a certain thing and to use this certain type of music and this project is me completely abandoning any like any feeling that I want anybody to really accept me like this is me just like truly being 100% myself and making the type of music that speaks to me whether people identify with it great cuz you know artists talk shit and say oh I do this for myself but I want people to enjoy it and like it but I want people to like it. I don't want other artists to like it cuz we're the worst fucking critics in mm-hmm. the world. We'll listen to something, we'll dissect it, we'll take it apart and we'll call it a piece of shit. So I'm not catering to artists anymore. Like I'm literally catering to the fans and just to the people who want to listen to it. Yeah, with that in mind though, like when you want to collaborate with someone, what makes you consider to collaborate like to do that partnership because If you have this mindset, what do you look for in another person when it comes to working with somebody? Just an open-mindedness, really. I don't it's not necessarily a genre thing. I think to me it's I need to see you working as hard for yourself as I work as, you know, as I work for myself. And you know, the talent has to be there. I need to see that you and me would mix well. Um but other than that is it's just a mutual respect for each other. You know, I need you to also be excited about working with me. I don't want it to be, you know, I don't like when people do collaborations for like, you know, music political reasons like, "Oh, you have a great following and together we can grow our following." To me, I'm like, "Fuck that." Like, yeah. let's be organic. If you have 10 followers <laughs> but you make amazing music, like, let's work together. Like, to me it's not really about that. It's more about like, have you applied mm-hmm. yourself to your craft? are you a great songwriter? You know, how can we come together and make this a true collaboration? Like that's my only criteria. Like the shit got to be hot when it's done. You know. So for the nerds, what equipment are you currently using for uh, recording? Logic Pro. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, recording out. and production, so I use it now for both. So I know you brought up like your audio engineer or you went to school for audio engineering. Um uh, pretty much what brought you down that path? Like why audio engineering? So I was in a group 
And I was probably, and I don't want to take anything away from the other guys, right? Because I'm sure they'll hear this. Um, but I was, I was just the one <laughs> who was motivated in that area. You know, it was just like everyone was sitting around with their thumbs in their ass, like just be like, oh, how do we, we don't got no money. We can't go to the studio, can't do this. So at the time I had dropped out of school and I had a job. So I was like, fuck it. Like, I'm gonna just go to Institute of Audio Research. And literally like I worked nights, maybe slept at work for like an hour or two and go directly to school, come home, knock out, go back to work. And I did that for a year to learn engineering. And this was like, shit, 2002, I think. And mm -hmm. yeah, so that was, like I said from before, it was, it was more out of necessity. Like I didn't wake up one day and be like, oh my God, I wish I could be an audio engineer. Cause honestly, it's, it's cool <laughs> as a musician, right? Like if you're a mu musician that knows how to be an audio engineer, you're good. Cause you can record yourself. You can make your shit sound good. You, yeah. you know, you can collaborate easier if you have a singer that you want to work with. Like, oh, don't worry, send me the stems, I'll mix everything great. You know, so there's less people mm -hmm. involved, but to take it as a career, like that, that shit killed my spirit. Cause after a while, it's like, I left my job. I'm like, oh, I'm gonna be an engineer full time because this is what I know how to do. I have a, a quote unquote degree, right? A certificate. So let me try to make a living out of this. And that shit was like 14 hour days, fucking people coming through with their their whole entourage, you know, smoking out your studio. If your studio's yeah. in your crib, that's a huge problem. Um, <laughs> you know, people getting fucked up, fights breaking out, and then also is lying to people. That's another thing too that people forget is that when you open yourself up as a business, like your people are gonna come through the door that aren't talented. You know, the same thing when you sell production. Yep. Like there are people who sell production to people who aren't good but yet they open up that door now anybody could collaborate with you anybody could you just use your services because you're for sale and it sounds fucked up but it's kind yeah, it's of business. you know it's kind of prostitute-ish in a way you know what i mean and there's no shame in sex work or nothing like that but it's like if you really truly want to be an artist and you don't want to collaborate with a lot of people or you don't feel like everybody is up to par with you, then that shit is gonna kill your spirit. Doing that shit for 14 hours a day, like I vowed to myself, I'm like, never again will I open my studio unless it's to somebody that I know. Hey, I have a friend that was like doing pretty much the same stuff and he, like his stories sound and align pretty well with what you're saying. Yeah. And he was doing this straight out of his house too. So, um, you know, he was experiencing a lot of the same issues and he was like, sometimes like, you know, you don't want to tell someone they suck, but like, cause it's a business, you know? Right. And you realize it that it doesn't matter how many takes, cause you become an executive producer, right? There's not like these people are not coming off mm -hmm. the street with somebody there who's overseeing and, you know, handling quality control. So you become an executive producer to a lot of these records and you realize like, it doesn't matter how many times I tell this dude or this chick to do it again, it's not going to come out any better, you know? And then you just got to yeah. surrender to the fact like, all right, I got to get the fuck out of here. So like, I got to lie to this person and say, oh, that was the one. Woo! Just to fucking, you know, get through the <laughs> session. <laughs> So, um, talking about your setup, um, do you generally record from your home studio or is that just something you've been doing for, this, you know, for the quarantine? Um, 
since I got my my certificate or whatever. <laughs> I hate I hate saying that shit because people never take it like it's a real yeah. thing. Oh, you got a you got a certificate. You don't have is, a though. you don't it have is. a degree. But nah, yeah. Ever since I got that, <laughs> I've never recorded anywhere else. Like unless it was a friend of mine. It's like yo, let's mm-hmm. meet up at the studio. I booked a session. But even then, it's like. When when you're an artist, especially an artist that's an engineer, you go to another studio, and without knowing it, you've become a complete control freak. At least for me, it's like the engineer will yeah. be like, "All right, cool, come out, listen." I'm like, "No, nah, I could do that better." And then, and everybody's like, oh, "Okay, <laughs> yeah. you know." And then the same thing, I'll be listening, and I'll be like, "Yo, mm-hmm. put you know, put some compression, that, you know, like oh, pan, you know, pan my backup vocals." And then I'm there trying to like steer the ship from you know the cargo bay. And it's just like I need to chill. Like I'm not in my crib. I can't just fucking touch everything and change everything. So, yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's definitely left me like that. Um, all right, which brings us to how this lockdown has helped or has it affected your music or the writing process in general? Um, how would you say that it's changed your creative process? Um, because I know like everyone's going through a lot right now with uh, you know, with the lockdown and stuff. Has it helped or has it actually hindered the creative? Uh, I feel like it's helped. I think in the beginning stages when uh, when people were holding on to their money, right? Like, we don't know how long this is going to take. And especially, like, I work with a lot of small businesses and artists. So we're the first people to get hit hard during these times. Because we don't have, like, really, like, a backup plan or fucking savings or sick time or vacation days. We don't have none of that shit. So a lot of the people that I work for that are my regular clients were like, yo, I need you to put a stop on all the shit that you're working on for me right now. Because I need to take care of home base. So that freed up a lot of time. I mean, I work from home. So technically, I live the quarantine life without the, before the quarantine. Um, but it's like now yeah. my days are much freer. Um, I mean, recently now that things have been getting better, my workload is beginning to, you know, pick up again, but it's really left me enough time. Like even the EP, right? The EP came out of nowhere. It was me really like during the beginning of the quarantine, like posting videos of just me in the studio, working on beats and laying down vocals. And then people were just like, like it was just like a huge response of people who were you know that would just say hey yo this is dope now they were really telling me like yo put this shit out like now's the perfect time put something out put something out put something out so after you get like 40 50 messages like that i was like i spoke to my boy and i'm like yo man we have these joints and i was planning on putting this ep out just not right now but i was like and within a week within a week i fucking finished recording vocals mixing beats i had to remix a song i had to do the artwork so within a week of not having any clients and just fucking sitting my ass down i was able to do all of that and put it together so within two weeks i was able to put out this ep that probably wouldn't have happened if i had the same client load of work waiting for me every day you know so it and to answer your question it's made me more productive with my own art and it's 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 helped me like it's it's made me better it it let me know that damn you can achieve something like that in a small window of time you know and it showed me 
Yeah, right. Especially and like it also showed me times. that I can do all of these things for myself at a high level in a short period of time. You know, which is making me very mm-hmm. optimistic for the album because I know if push comes to shove and there's any, you know, time restraints or time crunch, like I have no problem with any of it. Yeah, and I think as a like a, as a musician, like the same goes for like all other artists right now. Like when we're putting out like content for people, like usually you know people are so wrapped up in their world that they're like, all right, well I'll get to this when I clock out of work and I get in the car and I'm driving on my way home. That's not the case right now. So it's like you have so many people that are able to listen to this and like look forward to it that. In a way, even though we are like going through whatever we're going through, like these are the things yeah. that like we're blessed for with, sure. You know, I mean, we're all catching up to on a lot of shit. You know, I see it with everyone. Now I'm at yeah. the home improvement phase of this quarantine, so it's like I'm painting shit and building <laughs> shit in the crib too. So, like, I'm just exploring different things that I've been able that I put off that now I'm able to like attack and be like, yo, I got time now. Like, let me get to this. So as a photographer, what types of images um, like do you like to create? For me, it's more about capturing like someone. I mean, this sounds cheesy and cliche as fuck, but it's like capturing someone's like true essence. Like to me, my favorite photographers are not necessarily street photographers, but they're more like I like to call it lifestyle portraiture, where it's like let me get the best version of you, but the most comfortable version of you. Let me put you in the setting that you feel most yourself. You know, dress yourself how you feel most comfortable. For women, it would be, you know, do your makeup how you feel most comfortable. You know, for for a man, it would be like, you know, style your hair or whatever you do that makes you most you. Let's put you in this scenario and then let's take pictures, you know. But to me, taking pictures is more, and this is kind of my approach to everything, whether it's making music, or doing design for a client, it's like, I need to get to know you first. So to me, when I go out and shoot and I have a model and usually someone that I don't know, the first hour of that shoot is like, hey, let's go to Starbucks. Let's grab something to drink. Let's talk for an hour and let me get to know you. So by the time like that person is able to open up to me, you know, and and in those subtle ways, I feel like you capture those moments where that person lets their guard down and you get that really, really dope shot. So that's kind of, that's what I get off with the photography. It's not just like taking a bunch of pictures of somebody who either I think is, you know, attractive or society thinks is attractive and just be like, all right, here, put this on. I'm going to shoot you. It's more about like, you know, what are you into? Let me, (laughs) let me capture you in your world. So how long have you been doing photography? And, um, when would you say that you kind of like discovered your passion for right it? now it's been i want to say about solid five years that i've been shooting uh photography has always kind of been a thing in my family like my uncle is a photographer not professionally but always behind the camera my mom too my mom was always taking pictures rarely mm. you know rarely in front of the camera but always behind it um so it's just like photography has always been a thing and then um I had an ex of mine who was a photographer and I would always like take her camera and take pictures. And then it wasn't until later on that I had a friend of mine who was real serious about it. He was, you know, starting a business 
And, you know, he would just be like, yo, can you assist me? Come here, you know, meet me here, meet me there. And then, you know, like he would show me the pictures as he was shooting. And I'm like, yo, it would be dope if you did this and put them put them there. So I started kind of being a creative director without really trying just because I was in a comfortable space. Like this was my friend. So he already respected my creativity that he tried everything that I said. And he was like, wow. He's like, damn, that that gave me some really good results. So without knowing it, one day he just pulled up to my crib and he was like, yo, he was like, I have my he's like, I just bought a new camera. Here's my old DSLR. I'm like, why are you giving me this shit? And he was like, yo, he's like, I don't think you know. He's like, but you're a photographer without being a photographer. And I was like, all right, cool. So I spent I spent a year shooting on like this really crappy DSLR from Nikon. I forgot what what the model was. But yeah, and then after that, I just kind of developed like this love for it. You know, I got people around me who were comfortable enough to let me take their pictures knowing that I was just starting out. But even then, after a year of doing that, um, I still wouldn't call myself a photographer just just for the fact that I respect all disciplines enough to be like, I don't know the science behind it. So I'm not going to call myself a photographer yet. You know, and then after that, it was like, if I really want to do this, I have to invest in myself. So I went ahead and bought myself a new camera and then I learned it like I learned the science behind photography and then from then on it was like all right I'm a fucking photographer now because not only do I have this eye but I know how to use this machine (laughs) to its fullest you know capacity and with that in mind do you have any favorite photo shoots did you work on anything that Hmm. really sticks out to you I mean to me to me I think like all my my shoots are, are special in some way um but there's one in particular and I had with uh, one of my mentors, his name is Onyx. And we were just kind of shooting the shit. Like I just brought my camera with me and he just so, you know, he's a fashion dude. So he's just always head to toe. He's, you know, his fit is always on point. Like he's always photo shoot ready everywhere he goes. He's one of those people. And it was just one of those things. We were just kind of in Brooklyn and I was just shooting and we took these amazing pictures and they ended up getting selected for a gallery showing and I ended up selling one of the pictures. So to me, like that shoot has like a special place because not only was it like this impromptu moment, but then it resulted in a gallery showing that resulted in me selling or my first gallery showing and then resulted in my first sale of a picture hmm. that's hanging in somebody's fucking living room right now, you know? Yeah, so it's just yeah, one of those like things. That's why that <laughs> shoot in particular sticks out to me because it came out of nowhere. And then the opportunity yeah. came out of nowhere. And then the sale came out of nowhere. It was just like the stars aligned for that for that shoot to be special for some reason. Are there any photographers whose work you admire there are a couple. or like follow? Oh, I'm so horrible with names. Um, shit, man. And I'm always posting this <laughs> stuff in my stories too. Um, there's only one name that comes to mind right now. His name is, uh, you know what's funny? I don't know if it's a he or a she, but it's Bernie Rose. And he or she huh. um, <laughs> takes these amazing pictures of just people. Like, it's, <laughs> I wouldn't say it's nude photography because it's not all nude, but there's a lot of skin in it. Um, but it's just like these very, like, candid, uh, intimate moments with people by themselves or even as couples. Like, I think the way he captures things 
are dope. Oh, another dude is Dapper Lou, who's really dope. And mind you, these people aren't like mm-hmm. super famous. They're kind of like, I guess, Instagram famous. But Dapper Lou is dope because he goes to Africa and takes all these amazing pictures of black and brown people and just the color you know and the mood of his photography is just every picture stands out like there hasn't been one picture that doesn't like leave you like holy shit this is amazing so let's talk about another one of your talents now uh which is graphic design um i understand that you're self-employed and run the street geek studio um what's what's that world like for you that's probably the most hectic part of my life that's like the hardcore client work um the photography stuff is like more supplementary if a client needs it and then the rest of it is just kind of like passionate going out shooting people um but the the graphic side is where i have like those real deep conversations with people about kind of how we're doing now you know it's like if i'm doing cover art i want to know the thought behind the music i want to listen to the music um and the same thing goes for people who are starting businesses you know i need to know what your vision is i need to know what you want your business to you know smell like and taste like you know i need to know all those intimate details in order to create something that you're going to be happy with you know because these are things that that live beyond you right you're going to die and your album cover is still going to be floating around somewhere you know same thing with your logo um you know hopefully your business is successful and you leave it to your children you know so that's kind of my approach with art you know it's a super intimate thing it's not like hey i'm gonna give you 10 album covers to choose from or i'm gonna give you you know five different logos to choose from to me it's it's a learning process so i'm mad old school in that way like i want to talk to you i want to talk to you for longer than i am creating because the longer i talk to you the less time it's going to take me to create something that you're going to be in love with. So that's kind of my philosophy mm-hmm. with the artwork, you know, it's just more talking, more education. Um, so I know you designed uh, conboogie.com, right? Um, I saw, I was kind of looking through the website and I saw that <laughs> yeah. you're designing your own merchandise as well. It's all right. I haven't promoted been, it. How's that been going? At all, actually. Just because right now I'm like, I don't I don't know that platform and I'm super anal about quality. So mm-hmm. until I like order a bunch of the shit for myself, yeah. then I, I'm not really going to promote it like that. But I get around to it. I just been like super busy with other shit that, but yeah, I mean, it's cool. As soon as I get my hands on some of my own merch, which is funny, right? It's funny where we're at as like a fucking as a culture like i remember back in the day you would have to be like yo there's a minimum you know 35 shirts all right cool i gotta pay for screens and i gotta go check out the tea like there was it was a whole like (laughs) dance now it's just like all right i put my design on this site and yeah you know they fulfill the orders for me and they send them and i could never ever hold my own t-shirt ever yeah unless you were like old school and you're in the studio still screening this mm. shit yourself or still screening it out of your house which I've been there and it's like pretty insane to think that yeah I mean oh, I'm to, really to, to keep it anymore. a buck with all of y'all like I'm too old for that shit like I do already way too much and it's just like to 
Like, I would love to learn how to screen print, but shit. Now, with everything that I'm doing, I'm just like, and I'm re-emerging as an artist. So, on top of my business and that, I'm like, unfortunately, the easier I can make this shit for myself. And that's why I'm choosing to go that route. And it sucks that I'm, not to say that I'm cutting corners, but I'm finding an easier way just to get merch to people that if they want to support, cool. If not, it is what it is. You know, the cool thing about those services yeah. that I can put anything on there. I could put a fucking, I can make a pillow with my face on it, you know? And these are not things that I would do before because I'm like, damn, <laughs> I have to buy, you know, 25 pillows in order. And then I got to sell some of them, like, you know? So I could get a bunch of odd shit, man. <laughs> I could get a coffee mug, you know? Hmm. And I wouldn't, I would have never done that before. So what's the innovation and creativity process like when you're doing graphic For myself design? or for clients? So now we got some like fun, cool. non-business related questions, if that's okay with you. All right. Um, if you could collab with any three musical artists, now they could be dead or alive. Oh, man. Who would it be and why? That's tough. <laughs> <laughs> I love that I get this reaction out of people. Every time I ask a question, I would oh, say, man. damn. No, it's all you. This is what you do and to people. Me. I mean, she gave you the option of dead or alive. I know it's only three, yeah. so that's rough. I don't know. Dead it would, alive, it would be fucking <laughs> dead. It would probably be like Jim Morrison or someone like that. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, there's different categories, right? Nice. So it's like rappers that are dead too. It'd be like Big Pun. I was a huge Big Pun fan. Um, alive, I'm kind of like a huge fan of like this new wave of like you know the J Cole, Chance the Rapper, um, you know that kind of vibe. Yeah, I mean it kind of depends what mood I'm in. Like tomorrow, my list may change completely, you know. But yeah, I mean I was like really like influenced by like psychedelic yeah. rock of like the you know 60s late 60s and 70s you know and then also like the soul movement you know Motown and you know things that were happening in Philly and you know Chicago so it's like there's so many artists to choose from there um shit it's it's like it's almost it's like an overload so yeah today it would be like you know it'd be like J. Cole and like Jim Morrison <laughs> and fucking I don't know fucking Tori Amos like some crazy shit like, it would be like my list would be like completely random and weird <laughs> so I understand you're a plant lover what's your favorite uh, plant it's like it's like asking me to choose my favorite child oh <laughs> uh, okay yeah if I could only choose one you can only choose one damn it would have to be uh my fiddle leaf fig her name is Zelda what oh is shit! It about That's a funny story. Made you get um, so me and my mom we used to live together, and before she moved, she couldn't take all her plants with her, so she literally left me half her plants, and she was like, "Just make sure they don't die." And I was like, "Holy shit!" I was like, "I've never taken care of plants in my life." Yo, I <laughs> shit you not. The moment she left, they all started to die, like instantly. So I wasn't. 
I was trying my best to water them. Were you not them. talking to them Like, enough? if someone gives me a task like that, I'm not just going to be like, oh, fuck it. Let them die. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> just, you know, like, my, I was like, oh, shit. Like, this is the only task she gave me. Like, she didn't tell me to fucking do anything else but keep these plants alive. So, you know, me trying to be the good son, I'm, like, watching them and watering them. And they all, like, literally every single plant started to die. So, finally, I was like, oh, these motherfuckers want my respect. Like, they're not... They're not having it. They're like, if mama's not here, like, I'm just going to fucking die. So I literally had to, like, unpot them, repot them, move them around, change their, you know, position in the crib. And then I gained their respect. But out of that, you know, I also gained respect for just plants in general and the patience that it takes to, you know, fucking cultivate life and stuff like that. Like, it's, it's a mindful meditation for me anyway. It's like I drink my coffee in the morning, I water my plants, I talk to them, you know, and that's kind of, I guess, where I'm at in life. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I sound like half retired and shit. <laughs> and then I go play shuffleboard. Yeah. <laughs> Do you say that you believe um, that people are placed Absolutely. at the right 100%. place at the right time? Kind of like fate? <laughs> <laughs> and that's all I have to say about that. Uh, <laughs> no, I mean, it's, yeah, to me, it's, that's, that's the story of my life. I think of the most amazing experiences I've had have been that, you know, being at the right place at the right time. But also... I think something that's left out of that is like having the right skill set. You know, I think like, you know, a 16 year old version of you and a 25 year old version of you in the same place would have a completely different experience. You know, where when you're young and you're given an opportunity, you may squander it because you don't have the experience or the maybe even the talent, depending on what it is to really capitalize off of that situation. But yet that situation could happen later on. And through experience, you're able to be in that moment and really, you know, take advantage of it. So, yeah, I feel like when you're experienced and then you're at the right place at the right time with the right, you know, wisdom or know how, then I feel like that's when the magic happens, you know? Well, mm-hmm. so keep that, keep all that in mind. Everything you just said, keep that in mind. Because <laughs> let's say you wasn't doing music, photography. Let's say you wasn't doing any of that at this moment, right? If you could be cre- like, <clears throat> if you wasn't being creative at this moment, what do you see yourself? That's doing? a tough question. I mean, for me, it's <laughs> creativity <laughs> has just always been there. Like I can't remember a time, right? So if it. But it's not there right now. To be honest with you, like, <laughs> A, I don't think I'd be alive. Like, I think I probably would have fell victim to, like, some street life shit. Like, either be in jail. Nah, I mean, and it's not even, like, funny shit. Like, <laughs> you know, I've had people I grew up with who fucking died or did fucking a long stretch in jail or, you know, died of gang life or an overdose, you know? And I think the creativity took me out of those situations. The moments that I could have been on the block doing dumb shit, robbing people, mm-hmm. breaking into cars, or fucking doing real hardcore drugs in the club, like I was making songs to the club. You know what I mean? Like, so it was, I, I was purposely in situations because yeah. I'm like, I, my mind is constantly racing with ideas. 
And if I wouldn't, if I would never have a place to put those things, I would have to find a way to silence those thoughts, you know? And to me, that would be probably in very negative ways, Mm -hmm. you know? So it's like, now that you're asking me this question and I'm forced to think about it, I would only think of a negative outcomes. Like, I don't see it as a positive. Like, I wouldn't be a lawyer or I wouldn't be a fucking mathematician Hmm. or an archaeologist. You know what I mean? Like, to me, I would probably be in a fucking gutter somewhere, bleeding out. Well, on a on a lighter note, mm. if you could teleport anywhere in the world, oh. where would you go and why? Hmm. Probably Morocco or like Northern Africa somewhere. <clears throat> the reason why, not too long ago, I want to say maybe like a year and a half ago, um, I did a DNA test. And um, I found out that I have like this huge percentage of my DNA that's Northern African mm. that I had no idea that existed. Like not one of my family was like, yo, your mm. great, great, great grandfather was from Morocco or, you know, some crazy, like that's a, a huge part of me that I didn't know existed. So if I could teleport, I would like go somewhere in Northern Africa mm. and just like live there for like a month. All right. So um, if we got visitors from another planet, what would be the Definitely first music. thing you would and, want to and share food? with them? I guess if they, you know, enjoyed, like had the same concept of food. Right. <laughs> Unless we were their food. Right. If they eat. <laughs> yeah. If you're Probably, not their Definitely food. music first. Yeah. Like music and art. <laughs> I think there's like, you know, rhythm and mathematics behind music. And I feel like that's kind of universal. So to like know that they could understand our music would fucking blow my mind. So then what kind of music would you share? Like any, like, would it be the same specific artist you would collab That's interesting. with? Or would it be I don't know. something I different? Feel like, I feel like they would be at the mercy of my vinyl collection first before I went on like a Spotify <laughs> or like an Apple Music. Like I was like, I would, I would like to show them the things that you know, kind of cultivated what music is now, like where it started, you know, almost like a history lesson, work them into new music. I wonder if, if there are like beings from another planet or a life out there, do they have music? And then do they look at our music and go, yeah. what is It's interesting. Noise? Like, I don't know. <laughs> I view, I view music like that, like in a mathematical sense too. It's like, <clears throat> if you look at any, you know, DAW, or for the people who don't know, the digital audio workstation, it's all math, you know? It's all numbers and placing notes and drums in different places. So technically, if you understand math, you understand music. So if they understand math, they'd understand a rhythm. And I'm guessing if they understand rhythm on their planet somewhere, there's something that has rhythm. Yeah. I'm guessing, right? This is all, it's all speculation. Right, yeah. <laughs> it's all speculation. <laughs> all right, so we have one last question. You walk into the deli and you say, let me get a... So, let me get a turkey bacon, <laughs> turkey bacon, egg and cheese on a whole wheat roll with tomatoes and ketchup. Well, Absolutely. Thank you guys for having end me. Of our time. Uh, we'd like to thank you so much for coming on the show. Word. Yeah, it was uh, fun talking all this. <laughs> deep.
thank you all for tuning in. For those first-time visitors, we're three local artists from Queens who put this podcast together straight from our homes until we're able to re-enter the outside world in one communal room. Next week's artist will be Daylin Lane. She's a makeup artist from Astoria. Stay tuned. <laughs>